Well, turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 9. We're continuing our study in the book of Revelation. It's God's final revelation to us. It's, uh, we're seeing this tribulation time period. It's really from God gave it to basically to John, and John wrote it down. He wrote it to the seven churches uh, at the start, and we, we've been seeing that. This morning, and we're seeing judgments. It's, it's, uh, when you start in chapter 6 all the way through chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, there's judgments. There's things called seal judgments and trumpet judgments and, and bowl judgments, and we'll see how they fit together this morning, we're looking at the, the trumpet judgments. There's seven angels are given seven trumpets, and when they sound the trumpets, God brings judgment on the earth. And so we started, and the last time we met, we saw it, we divided into two groups. There four, the first four trumpets deal with the earth, with, with the destruction on the earth. The last three trumpets deal with people. They're called the three woes. Uh, several weeks ago, before we went on vacation, we actually saw the first four trumpets, and that's found in chapter 8. This morning, we're going to continue. We'll see the... We won't see all three, though we'll see two more of the trumpets dealing with people. It's really a tough passage. There's some really hard things there, and we'll look at it uh, as we go through it. Well, let me start by saying this. Have you ever uh, been in a situation when you were so embarrassed that you'd say something like, oh, I wish I were dead? I've had people, you know, say that. But have you ever been discouraged or depressed that you felt like dying, that you almost wish you were dead? I remember I talked to a lady, she was 92 years old, and she was pretty sick, and she looked at me and she said, I want to die, I want to die right now, I want to go be with Jesus, I don't want to live anymore. Have you ever been to a point where you thought, well, I don't know if I want to keep living? In this morning's passage, we see that judgment comes on unbelievers, it's unbelievers in this passage, and they want to die. In fact, they cry out and they want to die and they're not able to die. In fact, look at this verse in Revelation 9 verse 6. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die and death flees from them. What's going on? What's happening to them? We're going to see it as we go through it. God brings judgment to the earth. Now, let me give you a sort of a little background to remind you of where we are. This is sort of the chart, and we see this is where Jesus came to the earth, died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, conquering death, and goes back to the, to the heavens. We're in the church age. The next event that's going to happen is Jesus is going to come in the clouds. It's called the rapture. He's going to take the church, the body of Christ, off the face of the earth. The word rapture comes from a Latin word, rapio, which means the snatching away. The Greek word is harpazo, which means to grab and to pull and to snatch away. So one of these days, and it could be any second, Jesus is going to come back in the clouds and take us, all those who know Jesus Christ, who have believed in him for eternal life, he's going to take us off the face of the earth. When he does that, there will be a time period in which all kind of wild things are probably going to happen, but there's going to be a ten king federation, and then a man is going to come to power. We call him the Antichrist. He's called the beast that rises out of the sea in the book of Revelation. He makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel for seven years. That's why the tribulation is seven years long. He makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel for seven years. And it begins with there's peace and then war and then famine and then death and everything else. And so this time period... Found in chapter 6 through chapter 19 of the book of Revelation is called the tribulation time period. That's where we are. That's what we've been looking at. Now, let me give you an idea because we, there's all these judgments. It started with seal judgments and then there's trumpet judgments and there's bowl judgments. And the best way to look at this is this. The, the chapter 6 gives the seven seal judgments and that gives you a panoramic view of the entire tribulation. Chapter This ends with Jesus coming back. 
Then there are seven trumpets judgments, which we're looking at right now. The best that we can tell, they're probably happening in the second three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. And the trumpets end with Jesus coming back. Then we're going to see some bold judgments, seven of them. There'll be all kind of things there. And they end with Jesus coming back. So the best that we can tell is they all end up at the same time uh, that uh, this is a kind of panoramic view. And then both of these views give more details in the second half of the tribulation. Now, let me give you something else. This is the seven-year tribulation. Uh, it's called Daniel's seven, 70th week. It starts, this is the first part's called the tribulation. The second part's called the great tribulation. It's divided in half, three and a half years. At the beginning of the tribulation, this man of sin makes a covenant, a peace treaty with the nation of Israel. That's Daniel 9, 27. It starts off with peace and then goes to war and then goes to famine and goes to death. Halfway through, this antichrist man, this beast, make, breaks the covenant, puts his idol up in the temple, claims to be God, demands to be worshipped, and then goes after people who don't worship him. It's called the abomination desolation. The last three and a half years is great judgment on the earth, and it's just, and that's what we're actually seeing in the trumpet judgments and the bold judgments to follow. It all ends with Jesus Christ coming back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you want to get an overview of the tribulation, look at chapter 6 of the book of Revelation or chapter 24 of the Gospel of Matthew because Jesus taught and just gave a big overview of the tribulation. So this, this is this is where we are. So it started with peace and then war and then famine and the Antichrist and all of those things. And this is where we are. And in chapters 8 and 9, we're seeing the trumpet judgments. We already saw the seal judgments, which is the big overview. If you remember from last time, in chapter 8, uh, he talked about seven trumpets and then we saw four of them. Let me remind you of what they were. The first trumpet judgment brought hail, fire, and blood, came to the earth, came out of the air, and a third of the earth was destroyed. And then the second trumpet, there was a burning mountain. A mountain came in up out of the sky, was burning, and cast into the sea. A third of the sea creatures were killed, all that kind of things like that. Then there was a thing called a star. A star fell out of the heavens, and it was called wormwood, which means bitterness. It landed in the lakes and the rivers, and it polluted them all because the word wormwood means bitterness. It's poison. People drank it, and they died. And then the fourth one was the sun and the moon and the stars lost a third of their light. Now, we think that's getting toward the end because that's what we see at the end of the tribulation. Things happen to the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so we saw those four. And if you remember, this is how we ended. If you look back at chapter 8, verse 13, the first four angels sounded. Then it says this, verse 13. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in midheaven. So John sees an eagle flying, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So this this is this is all ties into the great tribulation. And this eagle is flying, and he's saying, "Woe, woe, woe!" And so what we find out these these woes, these last three trumpets are going to deal directly with people. These other four didn't deal necessarily with people. They burned up the earth, and they burned up this, and they destroyed this. Now, people died, but they burned it up. These are going to be directly affecting people. So are you ready? Are you ready? Because it's not going to be pleasant what we look at. Now, here's something I want to say. 
That all of us in this room, I hope and pray that every one of you in this room, that you have believed in Christ for eternal life. You understood that he died and rose again for you. He offers to you a gift. It is not your works or goodness or righteousness. It is a gift. It is eternal life given to you simply by believing in him for eternal life. That's his offer to you. God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his son to die and rise again, that whosoever would believe, faith alone, would never perish, would get what? Eternal life. That's the gift. That's the offer. And I hope and pray that every one of you in this room have believed in Christ for eternal life. Because if Jesus were to come any second, and he could, we would all be gone, all of us who know Christ. And then this would be going on on the earth. The seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, the seven bowl judgments. So what we're about to see is terrible. And it's going to be taking place most likely in the second half of the tribulation, the final three and a half years. So let's look. The fifth angel is about to sound. Watch what it says. Chapter 9, verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded. I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. Now, we got this angel sounding, uh, just a picture of an angel sounding, and it says... A star, he saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth. That's past tense, by the way. He didn't see it falling. It had already fallen. Now, what is this? What is the star that fell from heaven falling to the earth? Well, there's several things to think about. But most believe that this one falling is Satan himself. If you remember in the Bible, when you look at it, Satan was the guard guarding around the throne of God. We'll talk more about it in a little bit. And he rebelled against God, and God removed him from his position. Some say that's symbolic of this. There's also another aspect, let me let me put this, uh, in Revelation chapter 12, it tells us there's a battle going on in heaven between Michael, the archangel, and Lucifer, Satan. And Michael wins, and Satan, Lucifer, is cast down to the earth. Many believe that happens at the three and a half year mark. Many believe that that's what's happening here. That star falling from heaven is Satan being kicked out of heaven. Because you, you realize Satan can go to heaven right now. He can go into the presence of God. You read the book of Job, Satan can come, and he accuses us before God. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one who has died for us, paid for our sins, and given us eternal life. He is our defense attorney. So when Satan accuses us, Jesus says, I paid for it all. It's already done. It's taken care of. So we think possibly this is Satan falling. And see, see what happens. It says, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. A bottomless pit. What, what, is, what is that? A bottomless pit. Uh, let me go back here. A bottomless pit. Uh, you know, we'd say, well, something's got to have a bottom to it. No, not necessarily. Not the way God does things. A bottomless pit. Best we can understand. And this is going to sound wild to you, but from the book of Jude and Second Peter, and also from here and also in Revelation 20, there seems to be a place in the heart of the earth where some demons are held captive even now. And someday they'll be let out. And they'll be judged. But there is a pit, a hole. And apparently there are all kind of demons and things in that pit. Now, Satan himself is going to be cast into that pit. And we'll see that later on in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. But demons know that there's a pit there. And they know that God... Jesus himself could put them in that pit. So if you remember, when Jesus was on the earth, he was talking, and let me put this, this is a verse, this is Luke chapter 8, verse 31, the angels, these demons, were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. Do you remember when Jesus was met by that that man that was demon-possessed, and Jesus was going to cast them out, and they said, oh, don't send us into the bottomless pit. There is a bottomless pit that God himself can put demons if he wants to. I'm doing a 
for, for SBI, my class starts Wednesday. I'm doing this semester angels and demons. So we're going to spend a lot of time looking at spirit beings. They're good angels. We call them angels. They're bad angels called demons. We'll talk about them. These are demons that did not want to get put into the abyss. Here's Matthew 8:29, And they cried out. These are demons saying, What business do we have to do with each other, son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? Angels know that they're going to be uh, judged by God. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 1, 2, 3, Satan is taken by an angel, placed in a pit, and chained for a thousand years. We think it's this pit right here. So anyway, as we look at Revelation 9, in the middle of the tribulation, this fifth angel sounds. He sees something that had fallen from heaven. This one had a key to the bottomless pit. Now, if we say it's Satan, you say, well, Satan has a key to the bottomless pit? Yeah. Look, God is using demons to do his work. God uses anybody and anything he wants to. He's in charge of everything. When we're studying this and we see all these judgments, this is all being brought about by God. So God is allowing Satan, if this is Satan, to open up the bottomless pit. So look what happens. He opened, verse 2, he opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Can you picture this? This big old hole and all of a sudden it's open and smoke starts coming out. And it, and it starts darkening everything and you can't see anything at all. And, and so the pit is open. A person had a drawing. I, re- I found this one. It looks like that he's got Satan opening the pit. Of course, Satan, if you think Satan's got a pitchfork and a tail like it, you're sadly mistaken. He's not like that at all. He comes to us and he looks good when he comes. Okay. Anyway, this is the bottomless pit, and there's all the smoke coming up, and these creatures are coming out. What are they? What creatures? Notice verse 3. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, and the power was given to them as scorpions of the earth have power. That word means authority. That authority was given to them. And so they come out. And so here's some questions. Uh, are they real locusts? Or are they demons that look like what? Look like locusts. Well, it seems to indicate in chapter 9, verse 11, which we'll get to later, that these are demons because they're led by the angel who controls the abyss, which is probably Satan. So can you picture all of a sudden this smoke starts coming out and then these creatures, these locust-looking things start coming out. Now watch what happens. They were told, they got some instructions. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. They're told not to harm the earth, but people who are not sealed. What do you mean sealed? Who are the sealed people? Well, we already saw that God sealed 144,000 Jews uh, from each of the 12 tribes. That was back in Revelation chapter 7. We also know that all believers are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So what we're seeing is, this. he says, don't hurt the grass, don't hurt the trees. You can go after people who are unbelievers because the sealed ones are believers. And so these creatures, uh, and we're going to see what they look like in just a minute. Uh, these creatures... Are, are coming, and they're going to go after unbelievers. And it, it's really powerful. Notice it says, They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor the green things, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. The believers have the seal of God. And then he goes on and says this, They were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. 
And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. So they were told not to kill. These creatures aren't killing people. They're stinging people. And the sting is so bad. It is so horrible that they want to die. Look at the next verse. And in those days, men will seek death. And they will not find it. They'll long to die. And death flees from them. So can you imagine that? That Because there will be believers on the earth. Many people are going to trust Jesus Christ during the tribulation. 144,000 Jews at the very beginning. And then many other people are going to believe in Christ. And, and they're going to run for their lives. And, and But these creatures are coming after unbelievers. Now, what what do they look like? Let's look at the description. The appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like the hair of women. And their teeth were like teeth of lions. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots of many horses rushing to battle. They have tails like scorpions and stings. And in their tails is the power to hurt men for five months. What do you think about that? They're like, they're ready for battle. They've got heads that have crowns on them. And the word for crown there is Stephanos. It's not the word for a king crown, like to rule. It's a word for rewards. They have men's faces. They have a hair like a woman, long hair. They have teeth like a lion. They have these breastplates like soldiers would wear. Their wings make a great sound like the roaring of chariots. And their tails are like scorpions which sting. You know, you've seen a scorpion. And they've got the tail that comes up over the back. Well, what do they look like? Well, that's one person's drawing. Look at that. That's horrible. There's the crown. There's the man's face. There's the lion's teeth. There's the, the breastplate. There's the long hair. There's the tail that comes up. And there's the stinger right there. And this thing, and I got another one. This one kind of scares me. I don't like this one. But anyway, look at that thing. And, and they're like locusts. And they come up and they sting people. They, they sting them. And the people, it's so horrible that people want to die. They say, oh, I just, if I could just die, I'd just rather die. The pain is too great. And so these creatures come up out of there and they're bringing judgment, judgment on the world. And look at verse 11. And uh, they have a king over them, the angel of the abyss. Who could this be? His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. In Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Listen, the Hebrew word Abaddon means destruction. The Greek word Apollyon means destroyer. He's the destroyer that brings destruction. We all think it's Satan. That's who it is. He is bringing this, he's, he's bringing these demons up. And yet God's allowing all this. God's allowing all this. In a minute, we're going to see what, how, what is the people's response? Do they turn to God when all this judgment comes? Let's talk for just a second about Satan. Uh, he, he is more evil than you can imagine. I, I just want you to think about something. If you thought that you could think about how bad Satan is, you, you're not even in the ballpark. He is worse, more horrible than anything you could imagine. Uh, he had he was at the throne of God. He guarded the throne of God. He was uh, an amazing angel uh, called an anointed cherub. And he in pride lifted up and he said he wanted to be like the Most High and God removed him from his position. He took other demons, uh, angels with him which became demons and he's in contrary, uh, contrary to God. Uh, when you think about it, his goal for you, for people, number one, it, whatever he could do as long as he could stop a person from ever believing in Jesus Christ. 
He doesn't care if you're religious. He doesn't care anything about it. As long as you don't believe in Christ for eternal life, he doesn't care. Second is, for those who have believed, it's too late. He wants to stop us from serving. He wants us to love the world, the things of the world. He wants us to be attracted to everything else. He never wants us to grow as believers. He is more evil than you can imagine. So how do we deal with him? Well, we put on the armor of God. That's Ephesians chapter 6, and that's getting ready. It's all defensive. We're not going after the devil. Just remember that. He's so he's more powerful and more evil uh, than you can ever imagine. You want to put on the armor of God. You want to draw near to God. That's what the Bible says. Put on the armor of God. Draw near to God. And he'll draw near to us. And then God will deal with the devil. You're not fighting the devil. You're not involved in that. You want to get put on the armor, stand strong, and get as close to God as you can. Well, the first woe is over, okay? That's the fifth angel, but it's the first woe. Look at verse 12. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. There's two more woes to come. Now, this morning, we're going to see one more. And then there'll be a little break before there's the last one, okay? So he's going to give us all six, and then he's going to take a break. We're going to see the sixth one right now. The sixth angel blew his trumpet. Look what it says. Then the sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Now, the horn blew, and when he heard the horn, he heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar. Now, what in the world is that? If you remember, we've already told you that there was a tabernacle on the earth, and it had the Ark of the Covenant, it had a place of sacrifice, it had uh, it had an altar of incense, and that represented prayer. What we realized, and we talked about it last time, is that this tabernacle on the earth was an exact copy of one in heaven. In heaven there is an ark. In heaven there is a, 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 an altar of incense. And that's what the altar of incense looked like on the earth. And I think that it was patterned after the one in heaven. And it says, I heard a voice from the four horns of the altar. And what we're seeing is they're saying, they're lifting up prayers. And the one saying to the sixth angel, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So their prayers going up. John Walward, who was the president of Dallas Seminary when I was there, he said, this judgment that we're about to see is an answer to the prayer of those who are persecuted and killed in the, in the tribulation. Do you remember back several weeks ago that John saw a whole bunch of people under the throne of God? Millions of people. And he said, who are these people? And he said, these are those who were believers but were killed in the tribulation. And you remember what they said? They said, how long, Lord, for you judge these people? This is the judgment coming right here. It's about to happen. And so the sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is for God. One saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Well... Four angels. Now, y'all know what? There's the Tigris-Euphrates River. You know where that's over the Iran and Iraq. There's the river today, the Euphrates River. It's a famous river. It's been there forever and ever and ever. In fact, when you look at that part of the world, what happened? First of all, that's near where the first murder happened. Cain killed, killed Abel. The Tower of Babel was in that area. And the great city of Babylon is there. And when you say the great city of Babylon, well, it was great in the past. In the tribulation time period, you will see in a few weeks... That Babylon becomes the capital of the world, this city. So this river, suddenly out of this river, it says, four angels are bound at the great river Euphrates. Four angels are going to come up out of that river. I think they're bad angels. Well, look at it. God's using them. Look what it goes on to say. 
uh, and the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released. Why? So they could kill a third of mankind. It talks about them being prepared for uh, a year, a month, a day, and an hour to kill a third of the mankind, a third of mankind. Many believe that in, as it starts the last three and a half years, one year, one month, one day, and one hour into the Great Tribulation is when this happens. That's what some people say. We, we don't know. We don't know why it says you know, an hour and a day and a month and a year and all that. We just don't know, but that's what some people say. They're released to kill a third of the mankind. Have you thought about that? At one time there was a, a third killed, and then there was a fourth killed, and now there's another third killed. You understand that Jesus told us in Matthew 24 and 25 that if the time period wasn't shortened, it was shortened to seven years. It could have been longer than seven years. He said if the time period had not been shortened to seven years, nobody would have survived on the earth. Nobody would be left. They'd all be killed. It's that much destruction. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, it says the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred million. And I heard the number of them. I'm going to go just faster because of time. But the angels controlled an army of two hundred million. In, in Greek, it actually says twenty thousand uh, 20,000 times 10,000, 20 million. And so is that angels sent out to attack or is it people? Because in Revelation 16, 12, kings from the east come. So some people say, is it an army of people or an army of angels? Well, if you look a little further on and gives the description of these people, I think they're demons. I think there's 200 million demons about to be released on the earth at this time period. It's terrible. What do they look like? Well, verse 17, I'll go quickly. And this is how I saw in the vision of the horses, those who sat on them, the riders and the breastplate, the color of fire and hyacinthian of, of uh, brimstone, and the heads of the horses like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths proceeded fire and smoke and brimstone. And a third of mankind was killed by these plagues, and the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. And then look at verse 19. For the power of the horses in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents and have heads with them to do harm. What do they look like? Well, they, they, they're red and they're blue and they have lion's heads, but they have tails that, that, that have uh, like snakes that come out. Uh, someone, is it a real army? No, I think this is a drawing somebody made. And so this horse has a lion's head, fire's coming out. But look at the tail of the horse. It's a snake that comes out to bite. And this is what it says. And a third of the mankind were killed by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone that came out of the mouth and the power of the horses in their mouth and the serpents have heads and they do them harm. So these creatures, uh, they're coming to kill. If you remember, uh, this is uh, fire comes out. If you remember the five trumpet, the fifth trumpet, the locusts didn't kill; it just harmed people. The sixth trumpet, these angels, this large, large, large army is coming to kill with fire and snakes and those kind of things. It's going to be horrible. Now, what's going to happen on the earth? What are people going to do? Are people, you would think that when God brings judgment, that people would turn to God. But let me just tell you something. That whether it's in the Garden of Eden, or whether it's the thousand year reign of Christ, or whether it's under the Mosaic Law, or whether it's in the church age, just because people are under persecution or judgment or, doesn't mean they turn to God. In fact, look what happens here. Verse 20. 
the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. They did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorcerers, of their immorality, of their thefts. What happened when the judgment came? They didn't change their mind about anything. They didn't turn to God in any way, shape, or form. They still worshipped false gods. They still did evil things, even in the midst of great persecution. So we have seen the fifth and the sixth trumpet. The seventh, there's going to be a break. Let me put it this way. There's going to be an interval before the seventh trumpet. There's going to be an interval. We'll see next time, we'll see an angel in a little book, and then we'll see two witnesses. And we'll say, what's the little book? What's it about? And who are the two witnesses? And then we get to the seventh trumpet. So let me give you just quickly some applications to think about. First, let's understand that God is sovereign and he's working all things according to his plan. God is the one that brings the judgment. This judgment is coming from God on the fallen world. God uses all his creation, even fallen angels. He is using demons to bring judgment on the earth. Understand that there is a demonic battle that is unseen. Now, when in the study of angels and demons, which we're going to see on Wednesday nights, we're going to have a whole course, a whole lessons on, on all of this. And we understand that there is a fallen world and there is a spiritual world that we don't see. That's why Paul wrote, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of wickedness, against spiritual darkness in heavenly places. There is a spiritual battle that we're not seeing. And it's going on. And, and during this time, there's going to be things to be seen, but there is a spiritual battle. Second, let's understand the depravity of man. That even in the judgment, many will not come to God. They won't. Even in the judgment. And what happens in all this judgment? What do they do? They, they don't change their mind about anything. And then finally, here's this last one, and I'll go quickly. Let's stand strong in a spiritual battle. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to have victory in the Christian life, it's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to put on the armor of God. We have to draw near to God, and we have to leave, let God deal with Satan. We don't deal with him. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, putting on the armor, drawing near, and let God deal with Satan. Let's understand Satan's schemes dealing with the local church. I want you to understand that he has a plan. He would love nothing better than to hurt this church. You know why? Because we have a grace message and we teach the Bible. He would love to destroy this church. He would love to get division in this church. Let me tell you that Acts chapter 20, verses, verse 28, Paul tells the two places in a local church in which there's problems. False teachers and divisive people. He says that from outside, false teachers will come into a church. There's nothing better than to somebody to come into a local church and teach things that are contrary to the Bible and confuse people and get people messed up. The second thing he says is that people in the body... Divisive people will be raised up to cause division in the body. It happens all the time. Now, I think we're very fortunate. I don't know anything from outside false teaching coming in because we have all of our people are trained and you guys immediately would notice if I gave a wrong gospel message, if I said you need to repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus, every one of you to come up to me and say, you said it wrong, you know, because you know it. You're not going to have false teaching. We've got to be careful for divisive people. Sometimes it happens. Happens, well, it happens in all churches. So that's what he said. Just understand that. That, that. Just remember, evil, evil is limited under God's control. Even these demons and all this horrible stuff, it's only that God lets it happen. It's limited. We can trust him there.